I heard a, a minute ago, if, if something was called out and you haven't received yours yet, don't be discouraged. Don't be discouraged if yours hasn't come yet. Uh, because every victory is a shared victory in the kingdom. Every victory is a shared victory in the kingdom. If I get it, you get it. And we have this building, you have this building. And, and, and it's transferable. If you receive something from the Lord, then you should transfer what you receive to the next person. It's just the way that he works. And so, uh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I love Dustin. I love the way that the Lord uses people in their unique calling, and it doesn't look like anybody else's unique calling. You know, it, that would be boring if we all prophesied alike and preached alike and sang alike. It would be boring, and, and the thing about God is uh, he loves unity, but unity is not the same as, as, as uh, unanimity. You know, it's uh, unanimity. What's the word? <laughs> I can't, uniformity. Thank you, Mark. Uniformity. Unity and uniformity are not the same thing. I don't want to look and sing and sound like you, and you shouldn't want to look and sing and sound like me. And, and, and the fact that there's diverse gifts and operation in the kingdom, to me, that's just a sign of, of kingdom come. And so, uh, wow. Wow. It's, it's good to have you back, man. It, there's, a, there's definitely been an, a, a, an increase, um, a dimensional increase, um, that's flowing from you and through you. And what you said uh, from CJ to Mark, I feel for you guys as well. Um, the thing about relax, and relax speaks of letting go of control. And we as, as human beings, we, it's hard for us to not feel as, as though we're in control. But, but the reality is it's, it's, uh, it's, it's in surrender that we walk into the fullness of our purpose. It's not in control. And when we say, okay, I don't necessarily see. There's a scripture that says that, that um, your word is the lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. It's going to show me where I'm going, but it's also going to give me day by day, step by step, what I'm supposed to do. And sometimes we don't see the fullness of where we're going. We just have to trust him day by day. But the growth is enormous. The, I mean, the, just the, the, the ease and the flow, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to increase and continue. And it's not just going to do that, but what it'll do is, it's like, um, what I see in you, Dustin, is like a, uh, a river, uh, like a small river, and the, and the more that it flows, uh, the bigger it gets, and the, more, and the mightier that it flows. And God's going to take you into some places that need to hear uh, what you have inside of you. So the evangelistic thing, you didn't miss God on that whatsoever. What he's doing is establishing you now so that when it's time to be sent out, you're still going to go. So for goodness sake, don't shut down the page and don't think that that's not him. That is going to be a part of what you're doing. But right now, he's establishing in you, and there's definitely been a growth. But what it'll be is instead of you calling saying, hey, can I come preach, they're going to call you and say, hey, man, what do you have on your calendar? And you'll book, you'll book two and three years out. Um, people want you. They're going to want what God's doing you because it's genuine. It's ge always remain genuinely you. Don't try to be like anybody else. And as you remain genuinely you, you're just like a big teddy bear. I mean, I feel like you could just, you could just receive anointing hugging this guy. You know, I mean that. I mean that. And a part of what I said earlier about the fathering thing, that's definitely a part of your calling too, is when you go into places, you bring a fatherly type of, uh, of feeling for people. And it's going to increase over the years. It's, it'll definitely mature over, through the years, but um, God's going to increase your, uh, he's going to increase your reach. So we love you guys. Thanks for sharing with us this morning. Amen. Well, I'm going to put the mic down and get some water. I don't always play by play uh, what I'm going to do or not, but um, I know it's kind of getting late in the morning. Um, so I want to I share. I've got about six or seven, maybe eight pages of notes. I won't, I won't read them all, but I just want to share with you the crux of what I believe uh, the Lord has for me this morning to share. And it's this, eye has not seen, ear has not heard. We've come to the end of another year with only today and tomorrow left in 2018. Tuesday marks the dawn of a brand new year and quite possibly, for many of us, a brand new start. Many begin the new year with a New Year's resolution, most of which fizzle out within weeks, if not days. Fad diets, swelling gym memberships, and lofty promises seem to always litter the new year, but with little resolution involved. I'm not entirely against New Year's resolution. I believe in setting goals, but I find this. Resolution follows passion. Resolution follows passion. If you don't really have a passion for something, you're just kind of randomly throwing out things you would sort of kind of like to see, 
um, you're not resolute that that's not going to happen. If you develop a passion for change, then you will be resolute in your desire to manifest change. And that's in spirit, soul, mind, and body. As many people do, I always ask my father for what his desire is for the new year. We understand, listen, we understand that God is not confined to time and space. We do understand that, but we also understand that because we live and move and operate in time and space, he cares about it. He cares about it. And the Lord is not obligated to wait until the turn of, of 12 midnight on 2019 to do something special for us. Really, to me, it's more of an internal thing for us where, okay, it, in the same way that, that the sun rises every morning, it's a new day, this is a new year. It's the chance, the opportunity for a fresh start. Not necessarily a fresh start for God, but it can be a fresh start for us. So I'm not against the, that, and I'm not against necessarily saying what's the new word, but I have gotten a little jaded over the years where people try to come up with some rhymey, catchy, you know, phrasy thing to say this is what God's saying for the new year, but really it may or may not be what he's saying. But I did hear the Lord speak to me utterly this past week, and I wasn't even really thinking about what's the new word for the new year. The first thing I would say is, what did you do with the new word for the last year? Why, are we gonna, why, are we, why do we think that God is going to entrust us for a new word for a new year if we didn't faithfully execute uh, the word that he gave for us to execute in the previous year? And so what we do is we become a collection of all these words, and we stack them up, we never fulfill them, and, and so we just wait. It's almost as if we get some sort of a high off of what he said next, but we don't put to work and put to use what he's given us. All of us are going to receive that. I'm not suggesting that's a bad thing. Do you remember the, the parable of the talents where one man received five, one man received two, and one one? They all received something. And two of those guys put that stuff to use. The one of them, you know, he hid it in the earth. Well, have you hidden the word that God gave you for 18 in the earth? Because if you have, why do we expect God to give us a word for 19? I feel like what I did is just took a needle to a balloon and just went... <laughs> just like, like everybody's like what's the new word for 19 I don't know what's the, what is the word that he gave you has he spoken something to you have you been faithful over what he's already told you I will say this I was in my, I was in my bathroom at my sink washing my face without a thought about the new word or the rhymey thing for the new year and the Lord spoke this to me and said you have no idea the utter restoration that's coming in 2019 If I've ever heard him speak, I heard him speak in that moment. The utter restoration that's coming in 2019, that's not even, that's not even rhyming. It's, it's not something I would have come up with. I'm like, God, could you not have worded that better? That's what he spoke to me. You have no idea the utter restoration. So I looked up utter. Not that I didn't know what it was, but I wanted to know specifically. It means complete, absolute, total, Thorough, perfect, downright, categorical, unmitigated, unqualified, unadulterated restoration that's coming in 2019. Well, being the student that I am, I decided to also look up restoration, which I knew what the word restoration was. If you were with me a year and a half ago, I preached on restoration, restitution, and reconciliation. Do you remember that? that we preached it over in the, when we began, and it was during that series that the Lord released to us that Statesville would be synonymous with the glory. Restoration means to bring back to the original intent and quality and condition. So he's going he's gonna to bring back to the original intent. When I think of original intent, I do not think of what was the original intent for me necessarily specifically, but what was the father's original intent when he knelt down, as Becky sang this morning, and breathed life into that sack of bones that was called Adam. And the original intent was simply this. It was perfect communion, perfect unbroken communion between father and sons and daughters. And so what the Lord wants to restore, he doesn't just want to restore your marriage. That's a byproduct of restoring communion. He doesn't just want to restore your health. That's a byproduct of restoring perfect communion with the Father. Everything that we look for is a, in that is a byproduct of, of, of restoring our perfect communion with the one that breathed life to us, into us in the first place. Do you remember when Jesus said this? He said, seek ye first the kingdom of God. Do you remember what the kingdom is? No, 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 that's right. But what specifically the word kingdom means, do you remember? The rule, the reign, the realm, you remember? 
The royalty, the rule, the realm, and the reign. Seek ye first the royalty of God, the rule of God, the reign of God, the realm of God, and all these things will be added. We seek things and, and, and think that God's going to pack. No, no, no. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and the things are going to be added. All of those things that we seek for, by and large, are byproducts of having perfect communion with the Father. Did you know that in the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve ha had, had need for nothing? They, they didn't have need for things. Did you know that communion, dare I say prayer, was not even a request for things in the original intent? What did they have need for? Everything they should ever need or want was in that garden when he created them. He said, look, all the trees of the garden, except for one, you can eat of all of them. Have your fill of all of them. I've given you the herb-bearing grain. Remember, you remember the scripture. Surely you've read some, some of Genesis, the beginnings. And what he wants to do is, is take us back, is to restore us to original intent where we have unbroken communion with the Spirit. How does broken creation have unbroken communion with an unbroken God? When I think of utter restoration, I can only think of his original intent for us. And to find that, we go back to the Garden of Eden, where God walked and talked with unbroken communion with his creation. I just want to work through some of my notes. We'll get to the scripture in a minute, and then I'll let you go home. Maybe. Can you imagine the change that would come to your life and the earth as a result of unbroken communion with the Creator? Utter restoration. His words to me reminded me of the following scripture in my text for today. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Paul says, And I, brethren, when I came to you, he came like me, did not come with excellency of speech, or of wisdom declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I was with you in weakness, in fear, and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, Dustin, but in demonstration of the spirit and power that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men but in the power of God. I just want to pause on what I'm talking about this morning to say this as a side. In, in this day, what will not work anymore is men's wisdom and nice, rhymy, catchy words and phrases. And it's not going to work anymore. What people want to see is, is there anything behind what you say? What really the creationists look for is genuineness and authenticity. And you can't be authentically you if you're trying to mimic what somebody else is doing. If you're trying to sound smart and you're trying to sound overly educated, look, education never saved anybody, but the power of God will. I'm not against education. Please don't misunderstand me. I'm for it. Paul was probably the most educated of the New Testament apostles. He sat at the feet of Gamaliel. One, I mean, he learned. He knew all the Hebraic scriptures, and that's why he was able to understand kingdom realities because he knew the old Bible. But it wasn't the way that he spoke that won people. It wasn't what he said that necessarily won people. It was the demonstration of the Spirit in power that people said, look, we don't even necessarily agree with what he said, but you can't deny. Jesus even said, if you don't believe me, at least believe for the work's sake. The last thing that Kelly Varner ever spoke of our church, he said there must come in the next generation, he said there has to be a marriage of a clear, concise word of God along with the demonstration of the spirit and power. If we just talk about it and nobody ever sees it, the creation becomes jaded, thinking all we are is a bunch of echoes and no voices. And when's the last time? It, it amazes me that Dustin gets up and says some of the things that God has done to miracles. And, and don't, I'm not judging, I'm not trying to be condemning, and there are seven claps. But I get up and say something that's, that maybe is, is a little nice catchphrase, and there's 25 claps. Why are we not praising more for the thing that God did? Is it that we don't really necessarily believe it, or that we think it's a little bit of a stretch to believe that God did that? I mean, God healed Diane's neck. God took Tamara's nightmares away. That in and of itself should say God cares, and he's on the move. That's more important than anything I'm going to say. That stuff matters because what that does is it builds faith. Because what you wind up saying is, my God, if he'll do it for them. <laughs> if he'll do it for them, maybe there's a chance he'll do the same thing for me. Yeah. 
However, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of the age who are coming to nothing. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained from before the, or, or before the ages for our glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew. For had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, and here's what I wanted to get to, I has not seen, nor has ear heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man the thing which God has prepared for those who are really smart. Okay, let's read it again. Eye has not seen, nor has ear heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who are highly anointed. I'm really wanting to make a point here. This is the simple qualification for eye has not seen, ear has not heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who simply love him. And Jesus said this, you'll know how you love him because the way that you love them is equal to the way that you love him. The way that we love horizontally is proof of our love vertically. If, how can you say that you love God whom you've not seen if you don't love your brother whom you have seen? And saying I love you and loving them is not the same thing. Earlier, I grew up in a... In, I grew up in a very loving, very touchy-feely, love, talk about it, all kinds of family. That's the way our family is. If you come to my house to this day because of the way I was raised, you're probably going to get a hug. If you don't come to my house and you come to the church, you're probably going to get a hug. I warn people from time. I'm sorry, I'm a hugger. I'm almost over the point of even warning. I'm just going to grab you. If you don't come back, God bless you. You got a hug for that one time. I, that's what we do. So early in my marriage to Elizabeth, I used to say to her all the time, I love you, love you, love you. Just, just I love you. And I think that's a wonderful thing. But I learned through the years that there's ways to say I love you without my mouth. When Elizabeth comes to bed at night and her back hurts and I just lean over and rub her back, I'm telling her that I love her. When I come home and the aroma of country-style steak, Glory to God in the highest. Mashed potatoes and gravy and biscuits and good God some corn. When it fills my nose, what she's saying is, I love you. Yeah. When she opens the oven, my wife makes the best apple pie of anybody's apple pie I've ever tasted. It probably would behoove you not to come up and say, but I've got one too because it just, it just don't. Let's not. <laughs> Because I want you to like me. And if I'm totally honest with you, I'm going to be like, no. I mean, it's just, and she, when she makes, when we, we were working here on my birthday, we had, we had just gotten the building. It was the second day that we were in the building. And we worked until something like 12 or 1 o'clock. And I did not even know, but she pulled me out into the lobby out there. And that she had made apple pie. And Miss Vicky had made a chocolate pound cake. And there were, my mother had made her famous banana pudding. Now, you want to talk about love. That's some loving right there. She sticks her big toe in it. It is good. If you don't know what that means, look it up. It doesn't mean what it sounds like it means. Elizabeth made me a cheesecake. It made me a cheese. And so we got out there, and everybody's sharing and having a good time. We sang happy birthday, and we got to get back to work. And, and I got, oh, at the end of the night, I had gotten a, some of my mother's banana pudding and a slice of Elizabeth's cheesecake and went to get pie, and it was gone. And, and my heart sank to my toes. I was utterly devastated. Like I went into the fire right then. And I said, I curse every foul spirit of hell that took my, <laughs> take my, take my apple pie. How dare these people? This is my birthday. Take my pie. I mean, take some, but leave the man, leave the man who the pie was for at least a slice. And I did, I'm not going to lie. I mean, I had to fight off the, the, the spirit of mad because it was coming on strong. <laughs> it was righteous anger. I want my pie. She makes it once or twice a year, and when she makes it, I expect to get some. And when I don't, uh, hell hath no fury. <laughs> it, <laughs> the Lord bless thee and keep thee. <laughs> but you know what my lovely wife did? I went, I come home, and I can't remember if it was that night or the next night. My love life made, my, made me my own very own 
pie. What she said was, I love you. It was the biggest I love you I had gotten all year. As a matter of fact, that I love you lasted me two and a half days. <laughs> and I didn't share it with a soul. <laughs> she got a little piece of it. But I mean, she did make it, you know. But I told the kids, you go in that refrigerator and touch my pie and so help me. I've got six kids. I can afford to lose one or two. <laughs> don't, you touch my, don't you touch my apple pie. <laughs> the devil is a lie. Don't you come in my pie. <laughs> there, <laughs> there, is, there are ways to say I love you without just saying I love you. There's a way to express love. Love is not a word. It's an expression. It's an action. The Bible even says, for God so loved the world that he gave. You can always find where people's hearts are because they give to what they love. I'm not hitting you up for an offering. The money's already been taken. But you can judge someone's love for the Father in the way that they love their brothers and sisters. And if they don't love, and I mean actively love, Remember, there's a, now remain these three, faith, hope, and love. The real word is actually charity, and the word charity means love in action, active love. It's not just a feeling, it's an action. Now remain these three, faith, hope, and love. That's the simple qualification for, what, for, for walking into what God has prepared, that no eye has seen, that no ear has heard. I mean, even the smart ones, even the TV preachers haven't seen it. No eye has seen, no ears, nor hath it even entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. How do we access that? Love. We access it, we don't access it because it's 2019. I'm preaching it to you because, to preface what could happen for you in 2019, but it's not just, it's not just saved for 2019, but it can happen in 2019. What, what do I do to qualify for this? Love. I want, to read the, I want to read the Passion Translation of this same verse. I love the Passion Translation here. This is why the scriptures say this. Things never discovered or heard before. Things beyond our ability to imagine. These are the many things that God has in store for all of his lovers. So good. These are the many things that God has in store for all, in store for all of his lovers. What is waiting in the new year, or better yet, what's waiting for you in the new you? The you that releases it all to him in love and faith and dive in, it's beyond our ability to even imagine. The only entity, listen to this, don't miss this, with the capacity to comprehend the measure of goodness that's coming to you from the Father is the Holy Spirit. I want to say this again because it's paramount that we understand this. Because if we don't understand this communion, that we're going to, you can miss it. We can go through a whole nother year. A whole nother. I just said a whole nother. I correct my kids. Did you know, I just, I need to pause and say this. There is no such phrase as a whole nother. No, it's not. We all say it. It's a southern thing. You may not say it up north. A whole nother. You could say a whole other. Or another, what we do is we take another, take the A off of it, emphasize and go a whole nother. Please stop saying that. <laughs> oh man, it's as bad as stealing my, my pie. When I hear somebody say a whole nother, that's a whole nother story. <laughs> Listen, the only entity with the capacity to comprehend the measure of goodness that's coming to you from the Father is the Holy Spirit. And that's why it is imperative to spend your own personal time communing with the Holy Spirit. It's paramount. If there was one thing that I could tell you to do in the coming year, above all the things that you're going to do, above all of the things that, that you're going to put on your list, it's, it's make sure to spend time in communion with the Holy Spirit. Biblical communion simply means sharing. Look up the word communion. You share your intimate time with the Holy Spirit and he shares the treasures of the kingdom with you. It is a living dialogue between the Spirit of God and the Spirit of man, God. You release to him your worry and he releases to you his peace. You release to him your cares and he yokes you to his revelation. You release to him your desires and he endues you with this spirit to fulfill your God-given purpose which was released to you as surrender to him. 
something that no eye has seen and no ear has heard, not an echo of what has been done before, but a brand new thing, a genuine thing, and it's released to the earth through you. What a partnership. Communion. Moving into what he has prepared looks like surrender. It's scary because we don't like not having control. But it's equally liberating because we have relinquished our need to be in control to the only one who truly is. What a partnership. To walk in unbroken, unfettered communion with the Creator. In 2019, let's look for and walk into utter restoration. Utter restoration. The restoration of broken dreams. The, re- the restoration of, of hindered promise, the restoration of, I believe, and I'm, I believe that I'm uh, prophetically declaring right now, the, the restoration of, of relationships, specifically between husbands and wives, the restoration of relationship between fathers and sons and mothers and sons, the restoration of health to the body of Christ. I'm not guessing, I'm declaring the utter, unmitigated, unadulterated restoration, putting back to the original intent. When God created Adam, he didn't create a sick or a weakling. He created Adam in his likeness, after his likeness and in his image. And God doesn't get sick. And God doesn't worry. Did you know that the Lord has literally, it has, I like the old saying, has it ever dawned on you that it's never dawned on God? Can you imagine walking daily in a partnership, in perfect communion with the creator of all things? I mean, it, problems are no longer problems. Because when you come upon a problem, you are in partnership because you're in daily communion with the very one who has already solved the problem before it became a problem. Did you know that you're called to co-create with God? I'm just sitting down because my back's a little tight. You're called to co-create with God. that's what the the work of the Holy Spirit is. The work of the Holy Spirit is not us sitting and Him working, and it's not Him sitting and us working. It's the Holy Spirit working with them with signs and wonders following. It was always the design was that He would be our partner in life, that we would have communion with with the purposes of God and access those purposes by communion with the Holy Spirit. I offer to you all that you have, or all that I have, and I receive all that I don't have. I access what I don't have by giving you everything that I do. It's just that simple. It literally looks like surrender. And we don't like that word. Because what we want to do is have everything mapped out and planned out. And if you do this, then you get that. We want a formula. Formulas are for babies. But as we grow and mature in the faith, The way that we grow and mature is to say, I so trust you. I so know that you've got my best. You've got got the best plan for me that no eye has seen, that no ears have heard. I so trust you even though I can't see it. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. We access what we can't see by faith. We access that substance that's not there. We bring it into our reality by faith. And faith looks a lot like surrender. Because to have faith in Him, we've got to surrender control. That's what communion looks like. It's, it's, it's breaking bread. I, I really feel like it's, it's, we're coming to a time, in, especially in our church, where we, maybe we need to do a, a long extended series on communion. Daily communion. Wouldn't be, a bad, wouldn't be a bad thing maybe even start taking daily communion. Not as some sort of a, of, of a religious sacrament, a religious thing that you know, we get into as a habit, but it's not the worst thing. What it may do is, is, is bring a spiritual reality by doing something natural and put us in remembrance. Jesus said, as often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. 
bringing me back into your reality. Not remember, he didn't say in remembrance of what I've done, but in remembrance of me. No eye has seen. Not even the special, highly anointed ones. No ear has heard, nor has it even entered into the heart of man the things which the Father has prepared for those that love him. So what's on my to-do list for 2019? Love. Surrender. Communion. Love. Love God. Jesus said, upon these two hang all the law and the prophets, that you would love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with your soul, with your mind, your strength. And he said, the second is likened to it. The way that it's likened to it is it's the way that you activate love in God, that you love your neighbor the way you love yourself. So love, surrender, okay, Lord. I'm willing to give up what I think you have for me to do or what I think you have planned for me for what you actually have planned for me. And if that means you take me by the hand like a little child and lead me the way that I didn't think I was going to go, then that's okay. Love, surrender, and communion. I think the Lord looks, longs for a people that will wake up in the morning and say, okay, Father, what are we going to do today? When I get up in the mornings, and my wife and I have coffee, she sits on one side of the couch and I sit on the other. As a matter of fact, I got up yesterday and she was in my spot and I just looked sort of like, what? I don't understand. What's going on here? And she said, Rachel was sleeping in my spot when I got up. But I know every morning when I sit in that spot and I have my coffee, that at some point, that little six-year-old blonde-headed girl that has had me wrapped from the day she was conceived will come up and sit on my lap and say, Oh, Daddy. She's going to kiss my cheek, and it doesn't matter what else happens throughout the day. My day's going to be all right. I asked her last night. No, I asked her this morning. I didn't know that I was going to share it this morning. I said, Rachel, what's your... What, she was talking to me and watching me iron and watching me get my clothes ready. And she said, what, what, uh, I said, what's your favorite part about daddy? She said, oh, my favorite part about daddy is he gives the best hugs. That's communion. When she gets on my lap and I hug her, it, I have no idea what she's going to say. She has no idea what I'm going to say. And that doesn't even matter. Because doing this, I'm telling her I love you. What if we were to get up every day and by the Holy Spirit sat in Father's lap and said, hey, what are we going to do today? What if the Lord spoke back and said, well, what do you want to do today? I don't know, Lord. I'd like to heal some people. I would too. Let's do that. Good morning, Father. What are we going to do today? Well, what would you like to do? Well, I've got some friends and their family that seems to be in a broken state. Their relationship's all messed up. Lord, I'd, I'd really like to fix that. You know what? That's what I want to do too. Let's go do that. Lord, I got to... Good morning, Father. Good morning. Feels so good to get hugged by you this morning. What are we going to do today? Well, what would you like to do? Well, I've got a friend who's dying with an infection. And it's really not time for, for him to go, Lord. I think we ought to go heal him. That's what I was thinking too. Let's go do that. This isn't far-fetched. Josh, you're out of your mind. No, I'm out of your mind. And the things that God wants to do is out of your mind. And that's why many of us don't do them. Because his thoughts are not just better than, they're high above our thoughts. His ways are above. That is to say it comes from a different dimension. Because with God there is no such thing as impossible. Not even death is impossible. Not even bringing something back from the dead is impossible with God. It is with us, but it's not with him. Good morning, Father. Good morning. What do you want to do today? Well, what do you want to do? What I'd like to do is find a way to make sure everybody that ever meets me knows how much you love them. That's what I want to do too. Let's go do that.
He loves you with an everlasting, undying, unmitigated, unadulterated love. And there's not a thing you can do about it. There's not a thing you did to earn it, and there's not a thing you can do to lose it. Love is stronger than death. You can't measure the depth of his love, and you can't measure the height of his love. I'm fully persuaded, as Paul was, that neither death nor life, things that used to be or things that are going to be, things from my past, things from the future, things in heaven, things in earth, things in hell, nothing can be able to separate me from the love of my Father that was shown to me in the life of his Son, Jesus Christ. Paul's convinced and I'm fully persuaded. And he loves you that way too. And if you've never felt that love, I hope that you can, I hope that I can just open up my chest this morning and that you can see that he loves you just like you are, right where you are. And you didn't earn it, so you can't lose it. Good morning, Papa. Good morning, son. What do you want to do today? What do you want to do today? I want to make sure to tell everybody around that you love them. I want to show them and I want to live a life that shows them. That's exactly why I sent my son Jesus. And that's exactly why I sent you. And that's exactly why I've got all of them listening to you this morning. So when they go to their world and their real life tomorrow and Tuesday and Wednesday, they can make sure everybody around them knows how much I love them. Let's all stand. If you, uh, this is not something I do often, not because I don't value the importance of it. I've been accused of that in the past, and it's just not true. If you've never surrendered your life to Jesus, I cannot think of a better day than today. Tony, find something on that. Is Tony up there, or Isaiah? Find something on there that's, turn it down softly and make sure it's worshipful. Or if you've lived for a while and you felt disconnected. This communion thing sounds familiar, but it's only familiar because you know about it, but you're not living there. All I'd like to do today is invite you to come to the front. I, can't, I don't have a magical prayer that I can say. And God doesn't love me more than he loves you, but what I'll do is I'd love to put my hands with you and agree First of all, that if you haven't surrendered your life to Jesus, that you could, that you would. I told you that a part of access is surrender. And if you've already done it and you've lived astray or you've lived, or you felt like you've been disconnected somehow, I can promise you it's not because he left. If you felt somehow disconnected, I want you to be reconnected because you're valuable, you're important, and you're loved. As Bishop Johnson taught us all years ago, he used to say all the time, everybody is somebody in his body. If I'm talking to any of you this morning, come on down here to the front. No need to be embarrassed or ashamed. We just want to pray with you. I don't measure, I don't measure the success of ministry on how many people do or don't come down to the front. We'll just wait a minute. I don't believe the Lord would put this on my heart if it wasn't for me to do. Yes, ma'am.
I do know from knowing individual people in this congregation Let's gather around and love this family. Thank you, Lord. Come on. He's alive. The kingdom looks like family. Thank you, Lord, for your spirit. Thank you for your presence. Thank you that you are living among us. Thank you that you chose to live among us. We speak to the spirit of loneliness, Lord. We speak to the spirit of suicide, Father. We speak to the spirit that would try to come against the people, God, in this place, that you have no home here, that you have no place here. That your Holy Spirit, Lord, would so envelop and so wrap us in your presence, Lord, that nothing outside of your presence would exist or be able to remain. Thank you, Father, for the healing virtue of the risen Christ dwelling among us. Let it be released among us in this moment. Father, for those of us that are up here at front, Lord, because we felt a separation, Lord. Let there be, once again, a unity that comes, Father. Let there be a passion stirred again within us, Lord, for the things of God, for the family of God. Lord, let there be a passion stirred up again, Father, within us, Lord, to be about your business, Father, to understand that we are completely and utterly accepted and loved. And, Father, that from that place, Lord, we would be activated to walk into our purpose. I thank you for that, Lord. Lord, open this place up to the city, Lord, that, they, that people can see. In no way condemning another church at, at all, Father, but that there is a place, Lord, where your spirit resides. There is a place where your spirit is manifested. There is a place where the anointing of God literally dwells, Father, so that people that come here cannot leave changed. I mean, cannot leave unchanged. Not for the purposes of growing our church, Lord, but for the purposes of growing your kingdom. That Statesville would be synonymous with the glory. Inasmuch as we become synonymous with love, Lord, that's, the, that's how much Statesville will be synonymous with the glory. Insomuch as we become synonymous, Lord, with caring for our brothers, and insomuch as we become synonymous with servanthood, that in, is exactly the measure to which Statesville will be synonymous with the glory. Thank you for that, Lord. Help us, Father, to walk into the fullness of our purpose that no eye has seen, no ear has heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man the things which you have prepared for us. We thank you for that, Lord. Thank you for the close of this year. Lord, as we sit back and look over all that you've done for us this year, Lord, you brought us into our own home. 
You brought us into this place, Father, a prepared place. Lord, you've spoken to us and you've been good to us and you've fed us and clothed us, Lord, and given us places to stay, Lord. You've brought us new families, Lord, to be able to commune with, Lord. I just want to say thank you. Thank you for this building, Father, which allows us the opportunity, the vehicle by which to do ministry, Lord, in this area. We look forward to 2019, Lord, where we will walk fully, Lord, and, and indeed I, I see us running fully, Lord, chasing after you with all of our hearts, Lord, chasing after what you have for us with all of our hearts, Lord. Breathless with anticipation for what we can do together in the new year. I thank you for that, Lord. I bless 2019. I thank you, Lord, that the moment we walk into 2019, Lord, it becomes full of your glory. I bless every family in the sound of my voice, Lord, that there would be renewed hope, Lord, in the hearts of everybody. Lord, that you would restore relationships, Lord. Utter restoration would come, Father, in health. Utter restoration would come financially. Utter restoration would come relationally. Father, I just thank you for that. I declare it to be so in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. God bless you. God love all of you. Becky's got something. Hang on one second. Becky's got something right here. It's Henry, right? Yes. As we began to pray for you, I saw your face wet with your crying, with your tears. And I saw tears clinging to your face and beard. And I felt like clinging to you guys has been a blanket of sorrow. And as we go into this new year, I see that wiped away, just as you've wiped away the moisture and the tears from your face today. That blanket of sorrow will be wiped away. and life and restoration right now, Lord. Enough, listen, here's the deal. We got to get to a point where we say, you know what? Enough is enough. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my, every time I turn around, you've, you've the most attacked family that I've seen. And I, I declare in 2019, you'll be the most blessed family in Statesville, Father. Bless them with health. Bless them with wealth. Bless them with prosperity. Bless them with rest. Bless them with wisdom. Bless them with knowledge, Father. And bless them with influence. In the name of Jesus, let 2019 be their best year yet. I declare it to be so in Jesus' name. Good Lord. Well, I'm not just saying that. I feel that. My God. You know what? Here, I'll even show you my Hershey bar with you. You know how blessed you are? My, read what it says. <laughs> read it out loud. You're awesome. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> That'll be your declaration in 2019. God, you're awesome. He's going to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you guys ask or think. Laura, this year, that'll be your declaration all year. God, you're awesome. And you're going to turn around and be blessed again and say, Lord, you're awesome. And you'll, and you'll be so blessed, you're going to have to find a way to share the blessing because your household won't be able to contain it. If I've ever heard the Lord speak, I heard him say that. I'm not making this up. I'm not, this is not emotionalism. This isn't sloppy sentimentality. This is the word of the Lord to you. You're going to be so blessed, you're going to have to find people to share the blessing with. You're going <laughs> to... You're going to have to learn how to become good stewards of the blessing because your household won't contain it all. You'll say like David in this year, my cup runs over. With health, my cup runs over. With prosperity, my cup runs over. With peace, my cup runs over. Including your two children. And everybody that you come and talk, my, my cup runs over. And it won't be just a declaration and it won't be speaking in faith. It'll be speaking in reality because it's going to happen this year. Thank you, Lord. God bless you. Man, God's doing some good stuff. I don't know if I'd leave just yet if I were you. Huh? No, no, I want you to keep it. Can you have it? Are you allowed to eat it? You need to eat that thing. Every time you eat it, just share it with the Holy Spirit. Commune with the Holy Spirit. The co coolest thing about sharing with God is I've never seen him take a bite of the bar. <laughs> you could tell him, Lord, I just want to share my chocolate bar with you, and he'll say, just eat all of it. I feel it when you feel it. <laughs> 
But you remember what I said, the way you love your brother is the way you love God. So, I mean, if you open it and I'm nearby, it's okay. Just... <laughs> oh, man. Who's the most blessed person in this, in this building? I want you to yell Jesus to me. <laughs> Who would like to be the most blessed person in the building? Why don't you yell something? Jesus. Look, the Lord's going to make his face shine on you this year. The Lord, listen, don't miss any of this. The Lord is going to prosper you this year because this just came on me so heavily. Don't miss it. He's going to prosper you this year. He's going to prosper your family. He's going to prosper you in health. He's going to prosper your business. He's going to prosper your ventures. He's going to prosper this church. He's going to call Statesville to prosper. If I've ever heard the Lord, I'm hearing him now. There is, this is a year of the church becoming very prosperous so that we can be a shining light on the heal as we've always been it's no longer going to be a prophecy it'll be a manifestation you watch it watch it happen you are going to be utterly blessed because he's bringing utter restoration in 2019 and when it happens I want you to come to this church I want you to grab a microphone and say look what God did you won't believe where I was because of where I am as a matter of fact, some of your friends are going to say, my God, what's happened to you? You look utterly different. You're going to say, God brought utter restoration to me. Things looked bleak, and things looked dark, and things looked dead, but the spirit of life came into my family, and he changed things for me. And he's not doing it because you behave. He's doing it because we love him, and he loves us. God. Ooh, I'm about to turn loose now. You better get out them doors. I might let, good Lord. I'm telling you what, the spirit of the prophet is in this place right now. So help me, God. He wants to prosper his people. He wants you to be unadulteratedly healthy and wealthy and wise. God wants you that way. He doesn't want you broken and broke and busted and worrying about things from day to day. You are called to be kings and priests, and you're going to walk in a king-priest anointing. God have mercy. Kings and priests. Peculiar indeed, but kings and priests. Listen, you ruling as a king is directly married to you operating as a priest. I want to say to you, you ruling as a king is directly tied to your ability or your surrender in operating as a priest. What does a priest do? A priest goes in before the Lord and ministers on behalf of the king and brings the word from the king out to the people. In the way that you're willing to minister to the Lord, he's going to give you that much authority to rule as a king. Oh, my goodness. I'm tied myself to this thing right here because I feel real like I could get turned loose. <laughs> what if your biggest challenge in 2019 would be to be able to find the capacity to maintain the blessing God brings to your family? You can't contain it. Don't dam it up, don't dam it up, but be, be more like a river. Let it flow to you and let it flow from you. And you'll be completely sustained in the flowing. Let it flow to you, let it flow, flow from you. Hmm. I just see so much. Oh man, I wish I could write it down. I see so much. I see golden crowns falling on your heads. God's going to give you wisdom. God's going to bring understanding. Not something you learn. Some things are taught, some things are caught. And when things are imparted by the Spirit, you just have them. I don't know how to explain it. It's just the way that He does it. I think this, it's wonderful to be taught, and I believe in the teaching, but what, what the Lord really wants to do is have you catch some things, and you'll move and operate in things that you never learned just by virtue of the fact that you're in His presence. Commune with him on a daily basis. I meant what I said. I wasn't trying to make you emotional and trying to make you cry. I'm telling you, in the mornings when you get up, okay, Holy Spirit, thank you for this morning. Thank you for the opportunity of, of, of breathing. The fact that you got up this morning and had breath in your body was God saying to you, I still have you here for a purpose and on purpose. What is that purpose, Lord? Eye is not seen. Ear is not heard, nor is it entered into the heart of men, the things which God has pre Paired, pre, already done, 
made ready, prepared, pre-pardoned, it's two words, already made ready for those that simply love him. So if it's already prepared, it's not something he's going to do, it's something that's already prepared. We access it by surrender. We access it by love. We access it by communion. I don't want to re-preach what I've already preached, but man, I just feel it so heavily. You're going to be the most blessed people in the world in this year. You're going to see things you didn't know that you could see. God's going to open the eye, your spiritual eyes and you're going to see things. And I don't just mean while the worship's playing in Truvine at 11 o'clock on Sunday mornings. I'm talking about when you're out there in the real world and the other 98% when you're not, you know, enveloped by, you know, in, angelic voices and music. No, you're going, to, you're going to begin to see things. Oh, my God, that, I just saw that. You're going, to see, you're going to see an angel stand behind a man and, and breathe into his ear and it's going to be a fire coming out of his ear and it's going to burn up a tumor and you're going to go say, do you have a tumor? And the guy's going to say yes and you're going to say you don't anymore because God by his spirit just took it out of your ear and you're going to be at, you're going to be at school and see these things you're going to see the spirit of suicide try to descend on people at school and you're going to say Holy Spirit what is that and he's going to say that's the spirit of suicide go over there and kick it out and you're going to walk over and say you know what I know you're dealing with suicide but by the, by the, by the power of God by the power vested in me by God Almighty I command it gone you're going to live and not die and declare the wonderful works of the Lord in the other 98%, not just in here. I, I can't tell you the times I've walked downtown Statesville and grabbed those benches and walked those things just praying in the Spirit and saying, Lord, let every person that walks on this sidewalk feel your love. Let everyone that walks on this sidewalk feel your peace. I undo every ungodly evil thing that's ever been spoken in Statesville or done in Statesville. I just undo it, Lord, right now. Let your presence so envelop this place. Lord, I just mark angels here. Let an angel sit at this bench and this bench and this bench that every time someone comes up and sits down, they don't even know what happens to them, but they're enveloped by your presence. Does anybody else want to join me in bringing heaven to earth? I, I can't tell you the times I've done it in the last year where I have felt compelled to go up and look at that ugly witch inside of the civic center and say, your rule here is over. God's not going to allow you, Hecate. You're, you're not, the, you're not, you have no power or authority here anymore. Don't want to hurt your feelings if you like art, but that's not art. That's a sign. And that was an evil declaration over Statesville, and its power has been and will be broken because Statesville will be synonymous with the glory of God. I've walked into it and pointed at it and said, no, you're not. Just walk the sidewalk and say, Lord, let, let the people of Statesville know your presence. Not for the glory of, of True Vine Worship Center, not for the glory of any specific minister, for, simply for the glory of the king. Let people walk these streets and say, my God, there's something about this place. To God be the glory. To God be the glory. Eye is not seen, Brother Jimmy. Ear is not heard, nor has it even entered into the heart of man the things which God has already prepared for them that love him. How many people love him? Then you're qualified. How many people love God? I want you to hear you. I want to see your hands. If you love him, you're qualified. But you don't know what I did last night. Do you love him? You're qualified. But if you just knew the mistakes that I made last week, do you love him? Yes. Then you're qualified. And why do we love him? That's exactly, that's the only way you can love him because he first loved us. The problem is most people don't know that he loves them. Because they're told that he's coming after him, he's going to hurt him, he's going to beat him, he's going to do all the stuff that he doesn't want to do. Believe me, sin in and of itself is its own punishment. I'm not trying to take away, sin is its own punishment, but God don't, I mean, you know, God doesn't need to punish you, sin's its own punishment. What he really wants to do is bring you back into perfect communion and fellowship with him. That's his heart. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, whoever simply believes in him would not perish but have life unto the ages. Amen. The gospel, that's it. Yes, sir. Right. Eye <laughs> has not seen. Ear is not heard, nor is it entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those that love him. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand for what he's done for us this morning. God bless you.
Come back next Sunday and bring 10 people with you. God bless you. I love you. Good, good day.